If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to another edition of this Steelers Sunday Night Q&A. My name is Jeremy Betts. As always with you here on a Sunday night, ready to talk some Steelers football with you. Thank you for joining on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're hopping in live. We appreciate it. Looking forward to answering some of your questions and just engaging with you about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lots of things happening right now. So to discuss it with us all tonight, good friend of mine from the Steel Curtain Network, Man, you know, a man you love. Shannon White joining me today. We're going to talk it up today about some Steelers football. And uh, first off, Shannon, just wanted to give you the floor here to tell us a little bit how your week went, what you're what you're excited about, the things going on in your life. What's going on, man? Well, I'm just excited about uh, uh, being here talking some Steelers football with you, Jeremy. Uh, a lot going on this week. With, with camp starting back up, and even though it's just helmets, still there's things you can derive from what's happening on the field. And, yep. of course, then we have the, the big acquisition, which we're going to get to. And But uh, it's been a really good week, and uh, and, and this all this positive Stiller news is encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know the, the absolute highlight of your week was when I texted you at about 3 o'clock today and said, hey – you want to join me on the show because I know you, you know love it. talking with me. You know it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, I had goosebumps. Yeah. Hey, I, I I could feel it through the through the phone. <laughs> I could feel feel the vibes. So that's yes. that's fantastic. Well, glad to have you on. Um, like you mentioned, there was a big acquisition. I'm sure 
uh, Steel Curtain Network, Fans First Sports Network, and a lot of other outlets are talking it up. Quan Alexander, the newest member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, they had to make some moves to get him uh, on the roster, but he is here. And uh, so the title of, of this podcast, if you see it come out uh, in the coming days, it's going to be uh, Con has Quan and done it again. So he <laughs> adds another player, uh, makes a move. Um, looking forward to getting the nitty gritty of the contact contract details uh, sorted out here over the next few days. But Shannon, initial thoughts here on this signing and, and what do you think it means for that inside linebacker room? What does he bring to the table? It's funny. A lot of people have already made some really good comments uh, slash questions. Uh, We all kind of thought the same thing. I thought it was going to happen months ago. And when they brought him in and then we do not know why he left without a contract. I have not heard if he said anything today. It might just be something we never know. But I, I see the Steelers, as I've said, they've made a concerted effort to revamp their inside linebacker position. And, you know, everybody knows that I wanted them to take a shot at Jack Campbell if he fell to the first pick of the second round. Of course, he was taken earlier where I think he should have been taken. Mm. But, you know, I've always said, if you're going to really make a change there, you got to get a stud. You want a guy. Now, hopefully they're going to luck into getting, you know, Cole Holcomb is just now hitting his prime stays healthy, becomes a tackling machine. We know what a Landon Roberts is. You know, he's a hard-hitting tackler. Uh, now they got Quan Alexander, mm-hmm. who's very athletic, experienced. Yes. To add with the rest of the guys, of course, Mark Robinson, as everybody knows, I'm very high on. So I'm really excited about the versatility, the creativity, and the different skill sets that they have now. Now they're going to, have to find the perfect fit. Who yeah. who's better in a tandem with who? And also, I think it'll kind of depend on matchups, right? You know, if you're playing a run-heavy team versus a pass-heavy team, but they just have a different mindset this year, Jeremy. You've watched the Steelers for years as well. We've yeah. never seen as passive of inside linebacker play as we've seen in these last couple of years. It's yeah. been an insult to the legacy and all the players that came before them. So now we're getting guys, we've seen some hits, they're showing some highlights of Quan through the years. Yeah. And you see some decleaters. Yeah. And, and I get excited about that. I mean, you're, you're going to give up some catches. You're going to give up some running lanes. But you've got to make guys pay. they got to have their head on a swivel. They shouldn't feel comfortable going across the middle against this defense. Last few years, it's like splings of the game. Target him. Yeah. You know, we you can't have that. So yeah. I think that, that they've just added another piece to what I think is the most talented rotation when you consider the top five. And maybe top six. Because Tanner Muse has great special teams value. Sure. So I think they have a the most talented rotation that they've had in years. That's a good point. When you talk about depth there and everything i mean in the last few years we've been looking at man if if devin bush doesn't work out which obviously happened he did not work out or Mm -hmm. you know if somebody gets injured then what are we going to do at inside linebacker i think you've got more pieces to answer some of those questions 
Now, I, this is a great question from Joseph Brown. So we'll, since we're talking about this, let's kind of throw this in here. Do you believe that getting Alexander is an indication that the team's not happy with what they're seeing early on with some of the middle linebackers? I, I'll go ahead and give my thoughts on this. I, I don't necessarily think it's that they're unhappy. I think it's just that they see a window here where maybe, maybe if Kenny Pickett's really good, that this team is really good. And mm-hmm. so why, why go into a season with a, with a potential very obvious weak spot when you could add another piece to it to enhance that group overall and maybe make it to where, Hey, we've got enough bodies here that we're going to be good enough to let the rest of the defense do what it needs to do without holding us back. Do you kind of feel the same way Shannon here, or do you have a different opinion? You think maybe, Ooh, Cole Holcomb, not sure if we're going to get what we wanted out of this guy. Landon Roberts, maybe he's too much of a one-trick pony. We need Quan Alexander. Is it more that, or is it more kind of what I was saying? What do you think? Honestly, I think it's both. Um, Because I agree. I don't think that they've seen anything yet that would give them to make them think, well, we're not happy. You know, you know, Holcomb's not looking good in coverage right now. You know, camp just started. He didn't do much in many camp or OTAs. They're easing him in. I don't think we've seen anything. I don't think we, they've seen enough of Mark Robinson to say he hasn't really progressed the coverage yet. That will happen. We're going to start learning more as the pads go on and the preseason yeah. games take place. Um, I just think that the reason they brought Quan in originally is that they wanted that guy who had that experience. It, whether he's a great coverage linebacker or not, I think he's better against the run than he is in pass coverage. Yeah. Especially but at this point is, in his career, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he is stronger in pass coverage than what they had already had. Yeah. And he has good quickness and speed. So they want that mentality first, that attack, aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, lights out mentality. Vince but, Williams. Exactly. Yeah. And we know we're going to get that from Mark Robinson and Landon Roberts. Yeah. But we, you know, they, they're going to have some coverage deficiencies, yeah. especially as Robertson's learning. So I think that they wanted him, but I think it was kind of a little bit of cat and mouse. Quan wasn't in no hurry to sign, and they were like, well, you know, we'll revisit this. Sure. I don't think anything happened, but I do think they wanted to get him signed as early in camp as possible. Yeah, and then, I mean, he's got to learn this defense. And, you know, uh, if you listen to – uh, scouts and and talking heads outside of the Steelers organization. It's pretty well known that Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin they work together here, and it's been this way even with mm-hmm. with um, uh, Keith Butler in in the group as well. It's a very complicated defense. They don't just stand back there and show you what they're going to do <laughs> and do it and just hope that they're better than you. In a lot of cases, they are better than you, but they still use a lot of disguises, a lot of uh, of movement, and it, it's going to be it's going to be a defense that uh, inside linebacker specifically who is kind of uh, trying to coordinate the front seven, if you will, as well. And I know Cole Holcomb, you wrote a fantastic piece about Holcomb not being afraid of that green, that little mm-hmm. green dot, but you know, these linebackers, they have to, they have to know even more so than, than maybe most what the rest of the defense is doing. So yeah. I agree with you. Don't wait until training camp is over the, and you've got, you just finished your last preseason game and sign an inside linebacker that it's going to take him now six weeks to to get acclimated to this defense, mm-hmm. to hop on this moving train, like Mike Tomlin likes to say. Get him on this moving train while it's just getting going. <laughs> you know what I mean? So 
Um, now, one of the great things, though, about this time of year is, Shannon, I don't know if you you have thought about this. I'm sure you have, but there's a football game this week. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. There's a football game this weekend. From there, it don't end until February, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. <laughs> so, I've, so I've, I've been missing it, man. Oh, man. This moving train is happening, and it is fantastic. Let's move on, though, to another roster move that was made, kind of a an interesting one because – I mean, this this guy's a young young player, and just put on the the reserve retired list. Mm-hmm. I believe is exactly what it yeah. is, which means he he has declared that he's going to retire from the NFL. Uh, as far as I know, I don't know if you know anything to the contrary for that. But what what is going on here with with this uh, cutting of of Monty Potbaum that everybody was kind of excited about? Maybe this guy brings some physicality to this offense. Well, I know he was somebody that everybody was saying, look out for. People were excited when they didn't bring back Derek Watt. Everybody's like, Pat him on, man, that's, he could be the next fullback. And I was like, no, Connor Hayward's going to be that fullback slash H-back. They don't use fullback enough. If they are worried about goal line and short yardage, I want to see him bring in Nate Herbig. Mm. I want to see yeah. him bring in a yeah. big boy. And I want to see him bulldozer somebody at the goal line he just let harris or whoever just run in right behind him i've been dying for this every time he's like he'll punt i mean i don't need him to punt i want to see him crush some people so right but you know based on what i understand about putting him on that designation he has to have announced his retirement and you know it, it could be physical injury related maybe he got you know a neck injury or, or concussions, and he's like, nah, I'm done. Yeah. But uh, I did not think he was a, a real threat to make the team. Yeah. Um, I wasn't excited about him as a lot of people. So, you know, I it wasn't that big a news to me, but I, I hate it for the young man. Hopefully, if it is a health issue, um, you know, he's making the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. And on a lighter note along all of this, for those of you who are like, oh, no, we're not going to get – the mullet on the team now um it's okay cole holcomb's got one so yeah. we're, we're still good yeah. we're still good yeah you got your party in the back still going <laughs> on all right. <laughs> all right here's a here's another question from from afton has there been any more info on the alfonso graham injury um i believe it was yesterday he came mm-hmm. off the field with uh a, a, like a wrap on his shoulder I haven't heard anything new, but then again, I've been with family all day. <laughs> so, uh, Shannon, do you have any update on this, or are we still kind of waiting on on the on news here? I have not heard anything. Uh, he had a his arm in a sling today. Yeah, and you know he obviously he wasn't participating, so you know that could be a mild sprain. You know, and, the, and at this point, uh, because the contacts starting the pads next week, they might just be precautionary and kind of holding him out, but. I yeah. hope he's okay because he's the guy that I think has a real shot to make the roster. Yeah. Uh, is that running back three and with his return abilities and he offers something that the other guys in the backfield don't. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Some of, some of that, like just another gear <laughs> that he can yeah. hit real yeah. quick. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen some of his, his collegiate highlights. I'm sure mm-hmm. you have seen a few, but they're just points where he he like hits the puts a foot in the ground and it's like oh wait where'd he go he's he gone already yeah. he's got that that gear that uh, Calvin Austin has um, I think Willie Parker had that as well 
where he could just put a foot in the ground and, and then the cameras were like, oh, we got to catch up with this guy. We we don't see people move this fast very often. So well, you know, you're from the south. You know what a, a water bug does. Oh yeah, and that's what Tariq Cohen. Remember him? Uh, yeah, a blast from the past for the Bears. He would he would go in the hole and then he would stop and then he would go sideways, and, you know, jump cut or whatever, and then he was off. And if you watch Graham, that's who he reminds me of. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic comparison there. I like it. <laughs> he leaves really guys do. tackling air. Tackling air. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right on. So here's a question from, from Brian Brown. Did you guys hear about what Joe Burrow can do? Uh, lots of laughing faces. Uh, a good. I, I thought maybe this was re, re, in relation to the injury. So I'm not sure what, what you mean here, Brian, if you can give us some, some clarity here uh, down further in the comments, we'd be happy to come back to this, but I, it was intriguing to me to see, you know, Joe Burrow, obviously he's going to be out several weeks, according to the reports with that calf strain that he suffered on Thursday. Um, so, uh, you know, we saw last year, the Steelers came out against the Bengals team where Joe Burrow had missed some of mm-hmm. the lead up to the season. They came out, uh, picked him off four times. There were some issues there. Very interesting scenario. If Cincinnati uh, has to play Cleveland in week one, and Joe Burrow hasn't had any practice, any snaps leading up to that. That would make me a little bit nervous if I'm a Cincinnati fan for a uh, a Cleveland team that, on paper, as as always is the case, looks pretty good. Uh, what do you think, Shannon, uh, about Joe Burrow? Does this concern you if you're the Bengals? And do you think that maybe AFC North teams can can hop on this early? I'm kind of funny. Um, a lot of times, I'll say. Like some of the guys that have left the field for the Steelers at these early few days of practice, 90 degree temps, 100 degree heat index, and if they come up with a little strain or a, a you know, well, I can't breathe good, yeah. whatever. Uh, and the next thing you know, they're missing a day or two of practice while the heat's index is at 100. Yeah. Sometimes that's smart. Sometimes sure. that's somebody like, man. You know, I don't want to have an issue, and it can be very dangerous. And yeah. some people know their body, and they're like, I'm kind of going to shut it down. And if I do this, do it this way, it's no controversy. There you go. Same thing about this Joe Burrow situation. If you watch the play, it wasn't like he was sprinting out. He was just rolling out, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, 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 oh. Okay, now what's going on with Joe Burrow right now? Joe Burrow is in line to sign the biggest contract in NFL history. Yeah. Um, now if he says, I don't want to practice cause I might get hurt and he does a hold in like the Steelers are famous for recently, then there's going to be tons of questions and controversy and distraction. If he says, Oh, I tweaked my calf muscle and I'm going to be out for two to three weeks and they get the contract done and he's happy and everybody's happy. It could be a little bit of gamemanship. Yeah. That it would not shock me if the the owners and the GM and the trainers are all involved in this, and it just keeps people quiet. And that way, they don't got people putting the mics in their face, asking them tons of dumb questions every day. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective yet. The contract and the mm-hmm. you know the the just trying to protect himself a little bit, maybe from putting himself in position where the Bengals are like, oh, we're going to wait till next year to <laughs> to try yeah. this contract thing out. <laughs> Um, 
yeah, it, the quarterback market is, is insane right now with oh. Justin Herbert signing that deal. I think obviously the Burrow deal is going to look very similar to that. Maybe with just a little more guarantees, a little more, uh, at the, of the high end dollar there, but, um, it, it's, it's coming down to it where if you're a Steelers fan, enjoy these next three years with Kenny Pickett under his current contract, because that time ends all too soon. And if he's the quarterback, we think he might turn into, you're going to have to pay him some big bucks as well to keep him in town. I want to ask you a question, Jeremy. Yeah. And I think that, that our audience will, will enjoy this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. We know that, uh, shoot, I swear, San Diego Herbert, Signed for fifty-two and a half million dollars a year. Yeah, which is the going rate, I guess, for an elite quarterback. What has he accomplished in his career? Yeah, that warrants fifty-two and a half million dollars. Now, understand, I like the guy, and I have nothing. Yeah. I have no dog in this fight. I like him. I think he's really good, but he makes throws because he has so much talent. He looks the part. Mm-hmm. But what has he done clutch-wise, leadership-wise, yeah. yeah. winning-wise, to warrant $52.5 million a year? Now, here's the other second part of this question. Would you rather Kenny Pickett not be considered top five, top mm-hmm. ten, like Ben always was? Sure. But if you're top ten, you're not getting paid like top five. And say the Steelers could pay Pickett if he turns out to be a winner – and could get him in the deep in the playoffs, maybe Super Bowl. Say so he comes in at forty some million, hmm. which leaves you more money to have a stronger roster around him. So that's the two part question. Sure. Do you what did ever 
due, I mean Herbert due, to warrant his contract? And would it be okay if Pickett isn't quite on that level and sure. saves the Steelers a little bit of money, but he's a winner? See, that's sure. what Ben was. Yeah. If you look at all the statistics for winning, his winning percentage, his game-winning drive, yeah. his comeback drive, uh, numbers, everything, he was a winner. But nobody ever said he's top five, even mm. though we thought he was, or I did. Oh, I know he was. Yeah, but, but the, 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 <laughs> yeah. the regular national media didn't want to give him that credit. So what I've seen is, what if Pickett has that kind of career, mm. but he wins a couple of Super Bowls? I'll take that all day. Yeah, I would take that too. Uh, you know, I – I think I would say Roethlisberger had had more top five uh, numbers, in, in, probably in the middle of his career when he was winning Super Bowls. Not so much, but yeah, the numbers yeah. came in with the killer mm-hmm. bees. The some of the the focus to shift to the offense in the 2010s. You know, yeah. 2012 through uh, 2018 when uh, before his injury, you kind of saw more of a lean to that, but. Yeah, uh, they're large portions of Ben's career as well, very much so a just a winning quarterback. And, yes. and when it came down to, to crunch time, you want the ball in his hands, obviously. Mm-hmm. We've seen that from Kenny Pickett already, too. We haven't seen that from Justin Herbert, like you've mentioned, maybe to the point where he actually comes away with the W. Now, we've seen some games like the um, Chargers versus Raiders game in week uh, 17 a couple years ago where if they had tied the Steelers would have missed out on the playoffs mm-hmm. you remember that situation yeah. and they that I mean Herbert hit like um, three passes on the final drive before overtime to tie it up on fourth mm-hmm. down and the, so you see some some clutch moments from him but he hasn't been able to finish the Raiders still win that game right mm-hmm. the, the Jaguars come back 27-0 and and yep. and, and win yeah. that game now, the reason he gets paid is because obviously physically gifted speaking, mm-hmm. he's you know, he's comparable to a Patrick Mahomes, uh, a Josh Allen in what he can do with a football. Mm-hmm. And the stats kind of back that up as well. Most passing yards over a player's first uh, three seasons now, I guess, mm-hmm. in his case. And so he's on pace for just massive statistical output. And Teams are infatuated with that, especially from a, a dollar standpoint. And I think a lot of that is is media driven because that's what the media wants to talk about is the big stats. So I think you get a um, if you get Kenny Pickett in the range of of more of what you're saying, a Roethlisberger where he's a winner, you can rely on him in in those moments. And yes, he's good enough to get you to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, then I would I would probably take that. But I will say this: if if Kenny Pickett wants to go out there and be a Patrick Mahomes level quarterback, and and that means Super Bowls as well, fine, give it to me. <laughs> I yeah, don't care yeah. how much it costs. Let's pay it. But um, statistics, you know, so I'll statistics, pay for statistics are so they're so random, and they don't tell the whole story so many mm-hmm. times. And like a guy gets a turn of yardage in mop up time, you know, or his team's always losing, and he has to throw a lot. There's so many things. And and then you have a guy like Herbert who has that great arm and he yep. makes the throws that like only a couple guys in the NFL right now can make. And everybody becomes infatuated with that. And they instantly say, he's our franchise quarterback. But there's but what I call a franchise quarterback is the guy who's the face of the franchise that's the winner and can get you to the promised land. Yep. And we're seeing guys get paid massive money that's never done that. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, it's, it's the business of it. You can't, you can't not pay Justin Herbert and lose him to another team. I understand that, but mm-hmm. still you you'd like for him to have been to an AFC championship at least by this point, right. In his three yeah. years. And I know we ask a lot of our quarterbacks early, but when you have that much talent and a team that's had that much talent as well, then I'm sure chargers fans, you know, however many there are out there, LA chargers fans, <laughs> seems like their home home stadium is overrun with the opposing fans a lot of yeah. times, but um, it, it, LA charger fans out there, they they'd like to see something deeper. And so, um, you know, it, it's going to, it's going to be hard to say Well, my dream scenario is Kenny Pickett is the next Patrick Mahomes, but he decides he wants to get paid like, uh, Kirk Cousins. And so that'd be great. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take that contract. Let's go to a quick break here, Shannon, and then we'll come back and we'll really deep dive into some questions here. Um, if you're on YouTube, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere. But if you're listening on audio, we're just going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back with more question and answers and more Steelers talk on the Steelers Q&A. All right, we're back. The Steelers Sunday night Q&A taking you through the remainder of the weekend, talking some Steelers football, and who else better to do it with than my boy Shannon White. Shannon, let's go back up and answer this question because this is a player I could not be more excited about heading into the season, and I've seen some highlights as Vinny's talking about here, looking great so far. The routes look a lot crisper this Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. just in what I've seen so far. Some of the in-breaking, some of the setup for – a break is mm-hmm. is really good, and if there if there's one thing that I know a, a decent bit of, about, it's it's wide receiver footwork and setting setting up defenders and how you do that and body language and everything like that. And it just looks totally different this year yeah. than it did yeah. last year, even in just the limited video footage that we've seen. The question here from Vinny is: Yes, he's looking great so far, but do you guys think he needs to be careful about pushing off on his routes? Is he a little too physical? on his routes. Are we going to see flags for that? I guess is the concern here. Shannon, do you have concern with that? Are you, are you telling this kid to just be himself and make adjustments as necessary? Yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned at all right now. Uh, they'll have days at camp where they'll have refs uh, where they will flag them and say, okay, that's successive or, but a lot of it, what we've seen is I think the coaches coming to him and to Robertson from what we're seeing on the clips, and they're like, okay, you're going to have Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice and whoever, and they're going to press. And they're going to do more press coverage this year. And they're going to start working on that right now. And yep. you go out there and you be very physical with them. And you show them what it can be like. Because this ain't college anymore. These right. guys match up strength-wise, speed-wise, size-wise. So we see the first rep he did against Joey Porter Jr., he yeah. put him on his backside, and it yep. wasn't a running play. Right. He just ran, he ran and pushed him down. <laughs> and so it would have been a penalty. But yeah. what I'm saying is he's setting that physicality. Sure. Everything that happens is not in a vacuum in, in training camp. Right. There's coaches on this side saying, test him. Yeah. We're going to do this. And then the, the, the defensive coach is like, they know what's coming. And they're like, yeah. so you got to, you know, you get real physical hands on. Yeah. And now today, I agree with you totally about Pickens' route work and his footwork. Uh, 
he did a move on Corey Trace. Oh. And Trace was coming up on coverage oh. to press him. And <laughs> yeah. he kind of did a little bit of a ghost dip. Yes. You know, he come off the line kind of nonchalant. And then he exploded Bain, got got him deep, and Pickens hit him. So, yeah. you know, last year he didn't have that nuance. Right. And that's I think that's something that Allen Robertson has brought to the equation. A veteran who who knows, you know, he used to be more athletic. Now he's quite not quite as athletic. Right. But he can help Pickens, you sell it this way. You, you know, you just the speed of your routes. You know, this is how you sit down so you can break out of your uh, cut full speed. There's right. things he's going to be able to teach. And I think we're already seeing Pickens improve. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the other consideration you have to make here in a training camp setting is that what's the Steelers defense known for? It's bringing intensity, play in, play mm-hmm. out. They're always the intensity drivers of training camp. That's why Cam Hayward's always starting a fight at least once yeah. every <laughs> training camp, right? And that's why Minka Fitzpatrick is like calling out offensive players saying, you don't want to test me. And now mm-hmm. you've got an offense that I think has a new mentality. And that mentality is you're not more physical than us. We are just as physical as you are. And oh, by the way, we've got this six foot four, 220 pound receiver on the outside that is not afraid to to blow you up as well. So you better be on your on your A game every play because we're bringing just as much intensity as you. And if that carries over to the regular season, Shannon, I don't see why this team as a whole, if that if that translates to the offensive line, if that translates to these tight ends uh, in line for blocking, if that translates to Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, then, I mean, good grief, can, can anybody stop what the Steelers want to do as, as a ground-and-pound team that sets up big play passing in that regard? You, you like to see that physicality, especially from a team on the offensive side of the ball that hasn't quite – given that the last few years. So that is definitely uh, an intriguing uh, aspect of this here. But I did want to say about, um, I don't know if you saw the, uh, again, he was lined up against Corey Trice, uh, George Pickens, that is. Mm -hmm. And he did kind of that ghost dip, like you're saying, again, Mm -hmm. got to his outside, broke out and sold it so well. Trice was out of that back pedal (laughs) and going to the sideline. And then Pickens was, across the field on the crosser and Kenny rolls out left and, and hits him in stride up the sideline on the opposite side of the field. He could have had him any, at any point uh, across the field as well. Cause Trice was probably uh, checking his ankles on the sideline (laughs) to see if they were still intact. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. It's like just being able to, to have that quickness and ability Mm -hmm. to, to, to sell something that you're not actually doing. And that was really awesome for me to see. Absolutely. So, and one more point: Corey Trice and Joey Porter Jr. have looked really strong thus far at camp. Yeah, and so Trice hasn't looked overwhelmed, overmatched. You know, right. he, he looks so fluid, and you know that length they have and, and that uh, uh, fluidity to their games, both of them. So yeah. it ain't like he's doing this against some scrub that's selling life insurance in a few weeks. I mean, Trice. Yeah. Got schooled a few times. Uh, but yeah. And that wasn't – last year, George Pickens was, you know, contested catch. Just throw it up, yeah. I'll go get it. So we're seeing the nuance and the offseason of hard work coming to fruition. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely believe that the evolution of this offense from even 
where it was last year, which was decent in, in the second half of the season, right? I think it was decent mm-hmm. to good second half of the season. Uh, we're hoping it's good, uh, like maybe middle of the pack this year, and, and then you hope the defense is really good. Mm-hmm. But I think the evolution of this offense, George Pickens becomes the number one receiver on this team because he's just that good. Mm-hmm. Then that changes everything for the Steelers' passing attack. Because if you can rely on him to win in any situation and not just, oh, let's heave up this prayer and give him the 60-40 ball. Because there's no 50-50 ball with George Pickens. It's a 60-40 ball at least. But if he's wide open sometimes too, then this guy's the number one receiver on this team. Deontay Johnson is freed up to do his thing. Mm -hmm. That changes this whole passing game for the better. I got to ask you another question because I know you see it. If you look at the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Yeah. They brought in A.J. Brown, they but did. going into the season, what was the big question mark? It was still Hurts. Yeah. Nobody knew for sure what they had in him. But they had a great offensive line, which led to a strong running game, and then they had big play, uh, a lot of play action, and big yeah. play receivers behind it. You can't tell me that that's not similar to what we're seeing out of this stiller offense, that they all, the key to everything is that offensive line with Samalu and Daniels and Cole and now yeah. this these new tackles and the depth, if they're as good as we think they can be, that's going to totally change this offense. Absolutely, 100%. Here's another question from Afton. Do you think the Steelers are still consider seriously considering Chase Young? We don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but Shannon, do you think that that's the case? Or we've got a comment down here from Christopher on this question. There's no room for Young, too many and rushers already do you kind of feel that way or do you think hey we can make room for this guy because he's gonna he's gonna be really good for us if we can get him i think it would have to be a, a scenario where he was just so cheap i mean yeah. we know tomlin likes him and we know con is always looking for talent yeah and he definitely if healthy has talent but i'm just saying that to me the only way he would make sense is if they're going to say he's going to gain up to 285 to 300 pounds, and he's going to be Cam Hayward's eventual replacement. Because I do not see him as a true edge in a 3-4. I think that his best position as he moves forward, especially since the knee injury, would be as an defensive end. More of a Cam Hayward when he started before they changed him to defensive tackle. So – right. Uh, I just, I really don't, I don't see it right now unless yeah. it just is a great deal. Yeah. I, it's, it's not something I see in the future. I know that the interest has been real. I know there've been talks, but uh, you have to give up trade uh, draft capital for this guy, most mm-hmm. likely. Right. And so um, maybe the Steelers aren't willing to do that at this point with what they already have in place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've got some young pieces in place as well. DeMarvin Leal, uh, Keanu Benton that, you know, I I'm sure they would rather draft and develop those guys than have to spend other draft capital on a guy to bring in and do something that they were hoping those guys could do anyway. So to me, yeah. that's kind of where we stand with this. It's, it's still a good question. And would I be opposed to having him on the team? Uh, absolutely not. But I, I just don't know if it's going to happen at this point. So mm-hmm. uh, let's bring up this one from Thomas Riley. How is Calvin Austin looking so far? I think it's been kind of a mixed bag. If you if you read from uh, some of the insiders that have been there that are, are taking it in, been some drops 
Um, he, he struggles with some things that are off the body because his catch radius isn't so isn't great. Mm-hmm. But we've also seen that speed get by people and quarterbacks hit him in stride. And we've we've seen him work underneath and in some of those jets uh, already, uh, at least in the in the motions, uh, getting the defense to move a little bit. So the the threat of his speed is real. Anytime he comes on the field, teams are going to have to take notice um, at the very least. But we got to remember also, this guy is basically getting his first work yeah. at the NFL level here this year. It didn't happen for him last year with the injury. Shannon, I'll throw it over to you. Um, anything specific stand out about Calvin Austin or is it uh, pending really TBD at this point? Well, it's obviously TBD, but you know, he, he the first day of practice was probably akin to the first day last year. Cause he didn't get much uh, practice in last year in training camp before he became manager. Right. Uh, so he had a few drops, I think three on the day and he was put on the loser list. You know, I, we talked about, there was an article uh, and people talking about that he didn't look good. And, but again, they're three days into practice now. And today, well, he had a big catch yesterday. Today, he caught a long touchdown where he caught the ball with Trey Norwood on him on a crosser and he toasted everybody. When mm. you get him in space, if he gets a step, if he's even, he's leaving. I'm telling you, last year they did not have that element for those splash plays. To where I missed tackle, a slip by a defender, anything, and you got a guy can take it to the house. Well, that's Austin. And he's already showing that speed. Now, there's no hitting, there's no pads. We're going to have to see how he holds up once that starts. But there right. is no doubt that his speed is electric and it's elite, and he can make massive plays if he can take the pounding. So, right. there was a report to come out today that a Steelers insider, and I do not know who they're talking about, but somebody on the offensive coaching staff said that Calvin Austin is a big part of the Steelers' plans. Oh. And if you've watched these first three days, if you pay attention to Nick Fireball and all these guys' reports coming out, yeah, Austin is involved a lot Yes, in, in the play, what happens, whether it's a completion or incompletion. And a lot of it's coming from Kenny Pickett. They talked to Kenny Pickett the second day of camp, and he said, we are going to be looking his way. Mm. So every sign and every hint is saying that he's a big part of this year's future. Stock up, I guess we can say at this point, even though maybe we haven't seen it all, and we're not going to see it all until game starts. He's going to have a a big part of the preseason. That's going to be something that we're going to see him on the field a lot, I would assume, because he's kind of in that that second group of wide receivers. Mm. So you'll see him play – some with the first team, you'll see him play a lot with second and third team. So we'll get to see ourselves some Calvin Austin in the preseason in just a couple weeks. Uh, so that'll be interesting to do uh, or to see here very shortly. Um, Claude Bishop says, who breaks the Steelers all-time sack record first? Cam, two away or TJ, three and a half away. This is a fantastic question and the race is on, Shannon. So what do you think? Give us your prediction here. Who breaks it first? Cam or TJ? I'm actually, this is kind of funny. I'm actually saying that Cam ties it first. Oh, ties it first. Okay. And TJ actually breaks it. There you go. The reason why I say Cam's going to get there, I think at the beginning of the year, we're hearing that Alex Highsmith is having a phenomenal camp. Yes. And we just know, I mean, this guy's in his prime. He's got such a great work ethic. 
Alex Highsmith is just going to be, I think, even better this year than he was last year. Where uh, he just to cut in real time. quick, just to cut in real quick, zero concerns for me whether he's going to take it take it easy with a new contract because, like you said, no. this guy works hard. Yes. He is not going to be like, ah, I got my money, I'm good. He's going to show up. I got my money. I'm going to show that I deserve it. That's yeah. that's my thought on him. So. When you have a mentality of a no star, nobody wanted you walk on, and you made yourself into the 12th highest paid edge rusher in football, that's work ethic. That ain't going away. That comes right. from in here. It doesn't come from this. It comes from in here. So I, I'm like you. I have no concerns about him backing off in any way. But I think that he is going to draw so much attention that it's going to allow Hayward to get to two sacks faster than TJ gets to three and a half. But I I think eventually, because they're going to have to really focus on stopping that right side, then we're going to see TJ take over and, 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 you know, have his normal big year. It all comes down to health. But if these guys stay healthy, that's still a pass rush is going to be ferocious. Yeah. How about, how about this, um, Shannon? Let's, how about both of them tie it in the same game in week one? That would be great. I would just love that. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. Let's put uh, Brock Purdy or whoever it will be on his back a few times in week one. You're gonna have to see that if they want to win anyway. So why don't we just why don't we just settle this debate in week one and and see it happen anyway? So <laughs> well, but the Niners have got Trent Williams. They do. They do. That's, that's hey, bad. He, he blocks. He blocks. Uh, Highsmith though. So TJ's yeah. got. TJ's got the other side, so yep. we'll see how that goes. That that should be uh, one to watch for sure. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think Cam breaks it first because I just think I, I it would be so Cam to use the extra motivation of beating his own teammate as a as yeah. you know uh, and being able to rub that in TJ Watt's face a little bit and say, "Hey, young buck, I got it first. Mm-hmm. I just think that would be enough for a guy like Cam, who's the ultimate competitor as it is, yeah. but then also just has kind of that that uh, fun goading nature about him as well, mm-hmm. where he likes to get on his boys a little bit. So I, I can I'm just gonna play off of the personality trait there, where Cam's like, "Haha, got you first, TJ," and then TJ's like, "Okay, okay," and then takes it over. So I'm gonna kind of agree with you there. Give it to Cam first, and then let TJ let TJ take it from there. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, let's see. I'm going to keep scrolling through here. Let's see if I can see any more questions. Oh, let, let me bring this up because I think a good comment on what we were talking about with Alex Highsmith, mm-hmm. Shannon, true that you either have a work ethic or you don't in sports and in life. Unfortunately, we don't see it a lot uh, outside of those who have been raised to, to do it. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, not saying that um, Highsmith and some of these guys don't have the internal motivation to get it done, but c- kudos to um, Sam Highsmith and his wife for yes. really um, putting putting that work ethic into a young man who now is a role model um, for for many young people. Um, he, he's got a great personal testimony as well as on the field. Mm-hmm. It, just a stand up guy on both sides of of uh, of the game, whether that's on the field or whether that's just as a, a member of his community. So fantastic stuff there with Highsmith. I just, you got to bring that up when, when, mm-hmm. when you acknowledge that work ethic, it's not something that the greats always have, you know, uh, no. we see a lot of guys come in the league uh, that 
just physical gifts is has been enough to get him by so far. And so they don't put in enough work ethic. And then you end up running into a Jadavian Clowney type situation or, you know, other other situations like that yeah. where they just don't quite live up to the hype because maybe they didn't have that motivation outside of that. So really good stuff. Um, here's another question here. Let's pull this one up. Afton said, which alumni would you like to see work with players at camp? We saw Santonio Holmes out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was today talking with uh, George Pickens and some of the wide receivers. Anybody else that you'd like to see come in, uh, Shannon, and, and talk to players? Well, I've, I've been on the record that I've always wanted Hines Ward to coach, to be a oh, wide yeah. receiver coach with the Steelers because Ward understood he was not the greatest athlete, but he was the ultimate competitor. And yeah. he – learned the tricks of the trade and the, the nuances uh, of to how to be successful at the highest level. You know, it's not just the statistics. That's why I was talking about statistics. He has the statistics to be in the Hall of Fame. But when you talk about competitiveness, you talk about loyalty, you talk about uh, physicality, uh, the other teams feared him. Another guy they changed the rules because of. The yeah. stewards have had multiple guys like this through the years. These guys are part of the NFL history, the legacy. You cannot tell the story of the NFL without these gentlemen. And it's a shame that Hines Ward is not in the Hall of Fame. Yes. But I would love to see him bring his passion and his intensity and teach the Steeler way. Uh, Same thing with Troy Palomalu. We heard his Hall of Fame speech. Right. He lives it. He breathes it. He believes black and gold. I want those guys influence in the next generation absolutely let me say this about heinz ward that smile has got to be on a canton bus someday yes. that smile has yes. got to be on a canton bus someday assassin smile yes absolutely i mean <laughs> the, the heinz ward teeth if you saw that you yeah. probably just got blown off your cleat <laughs> or a teammate of yours did and uh that was not a great sign for your team if, if you saw the heinz ward teeth so just, just I watched the, the game alone, that smile alone. That's got to be a, a Hall of Fame bus. <laughs> I watched the Ravens game in Pittsburgh. He was coming across the middle, and Ray Lewis depleted him. He planted him, mm. and I was like, "Oh gosh!" And Ward hopped up and he smiled at Ray Lewis. Yeah, and then he went over to the sidelines as fast, got out past that first line of players, and he collapsed on the sidelines because <laughs> he was in pain. But when sure. he first got up, he was not. Gonna Ray Lewis know that he got him good. Yeah. Even though Ray Lewis knew he got him. Right. And he smiled at him with that crazy look in his eyes. And then he collapsed when he got off the field. I mean, we see NBA players get tapped on the head and they lay their neck like that they got shot by a sniper rifle from the stands. <laughs> right. When you talk about toughness, you talk about Hines Ward. He was not going to let the Ravens know that they got the better of him on that play. Yeah. I want more of that. Not right. Yeah, we've been talking about offensive physicality. He's a guy that you bring in to talk about that because he yep. epitomized it uh, at, at, during his Steelers career. Absolutely. Uh, Shannon, man, it's been fun, as well, always it's... is. Uh, I would have you on every week if I could, yeah. <laughs> you know, not to – not to say anything against the uh, my other guests because they're fantastic as well. Love to have all the different perspectives. But, Shannon, always a great show with you, man, and I appreciate you coming on. Tell us what you got going on a little bit before we go here. Um, and, you know, on the, on the website, on the all-new 
fansforsports.com and uh, the Steel Curtain Network, some of the shows that you're a part of coming up. Tell us what you got going on, man. What to look forward to. Well, I have an article about three guys that obviously took their off-season workout regimen seriously. Uh Because already at camp, we're not getting to see a whole lot of the X's and O's. We're not getting to see guys in their pads yet hitting. But just their physiques, the yeah. way some of these guys look when they show up at camp shows that they took that off-season workout, their diet, their training routine very seriously. And these three young men showed up jacked. And they're all returning players who look quite different than they did last year. And that shows you guys that says, okay, I see a weakness, I recognize a weakness, and I'm going to do something about that weakness. And and we've seen Alex Highsmith do that every year of his career. He says, I want to work on this, I want to improve this, and he does it. So that article I think we'll probably post tomorrow. Great. And then tomorrow we'll also have the Stiller Hangover with me and my buddy Daniel J. And uh, so definitely tune in for that at 5 o'clock. Awesome. I've had Daniel on this show too, and he's always a fun listen. Great perspectives from Daniel. So definitely check that out. You're not going to want to miss any of that. Um, For those who might be going to training camp this week, this weekend, Mm -hmm. uh, I should say, I'm going to be there on on, uh, August 5th, Saturday. Um, Myself, I believe my brother and my uncle who lives up in uh, in the Pittsburgh area uh, is going to, we're going to all go together. We're going to see um, some some Pittsburgh Steelers training camp practice. It'll be my first time there. If you're if you happen to be there on August fifth, look me up, uh, and I will be tweeting about where I'm at and everything like that. So you'll 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 be able to see that. Follow me on Twitter at the best ninety three. You see it on the screen there. If you want to get some of those updates, uh, I will be there. Still going through some fantasy football stuff on the Fans First Sports Network website, and then uh, after that, we're gonna break down some. Uh, some more AFC North and, and NFL uh, talk and where the Steelers kind of fit into all this. And I, I like to say I'm not wearing my black and gold glasses with this, but the Steelers are not a, are a team that are not getting talked about enough in the scope of the AFC. And I'm not saying they're going to win it all, but they're going to be a player in this AFC race in one way or another. And so they need to be being talked about. They're not being talked about enough. I'm going to try and, and take a deep dive into that over the next couple of weeks while training camp is going on. So check it out there. Fansforsports.com, the steel curtain network, always bringing you Steelers uh, podcasts and uh, everything you need for your Pittsburgh Steelers. So we're going to let you go now. It's been real. It's been fun. And it's been real fun. Shannon, thanks again for coming on. We'll talk with you next time on the Steelers Sunday night Q&A.